This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode was recorded in Australia and is presented by Fluent Commerce, the leader in smart cloud native omnichannel order management at fluentcommerce.com. My name is Michael Fox. I'm a co-founder and CEO of Shoes of Prey. And what I love about fashion tech is the fast pace of change in the industry at the moment um, and all the exciting opportunities that opens up for uh, new product and business opportunities. Welcome to another episode of Fashion Is Your Business. We are recording live here at the online retailer program in Sydney, Australia. We are here with uh, the Nora Network as well as Fluent Commerce. Um, we have a great episode coming uh, coming right up. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, powered by Sennheiser and recorded on location with Pavan Ball, Rob Sanchez, and Mark Rayko. And now, here are your hosts. We actually have Mr. Michael Fox, co-founder, CEO of Shoes of Prey. And of course, uh, if you are a, uh, a loyal listener of Mouth Media Network uh, podcasts, uh, you may have listened to our previous podcast with, with Jody Fox, uh, co-founder also of Shoes of Prey, on uh, the Current Innovators podcast. And she was live on March 7th. So if you're interested in getting some deep background on the company, uh, on where they were in March, then please do go to thecurrentinnovators.com or anywhere where you listen to podcasts and, and you could reflect on that. And uh, we'll continue the conversation from here. I have a wonderful and beautiful co-host with me to my right, Miss Selena Knight. How are you doing? I am doing fantastically. And thank you so much for inviting me to come along and co-host. It is uh, such a a great opportunity to connect with you. Uh, Selena happens to be a retail strategist and also a fellow podcaster in the retail space. So she has a, a wonderful podcast that you should all check out called uh, Bringing Business to Retail. Is that right? Did I get that? That is correct. And it Killed is, it. as it says, we bring business You're business strategies to retailers. Perfect. Just, I mean, why get coy? You know what I mean? Straight to the point. <laughs> Say what you mean. Yeah. Michael, what's happening, man? Thank you for joining us on Mike today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Pavan and Selena. Nice to chat to you both. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start here. Uh, what is kind of the uh, high-level overview for those that have been living under a rock about what uh, Shoes of Prey is all about? Yeah, so essentially we do manufactured-on-demand women's shoes. So you can go to shoesofprey.com uh, and you can either select from one of our pre-existing range uh, and we offer a, f- a full sizing range from sizes 2 to 15, half sizes, narrow, standard, wide, and extra wide. And so when you place the order for the shoes, we manufacture it on demand and deliver it to you. Um, you can also, outside of selecting from our pre-existing range, you can also customize the shoes. So if you want to adjust the heel height, uh, if you want to change some of the colors and materials on the shoe, change the upper pattern, you can do that, and then we'll uh, make your perfect pair of shoes for you. It seems like so simple, right? Just give the customer what they want, right? right, right. But when you really uh, calculate the permutation there, I mean, I've heard anything in the trillions yeah. of options that this can be yeah. in terms of product selection possibilities. What What is the actual number? Yeah, it is. Uh, we stopped calculating it a while ago, but it's in the many, many trillions. It is like yeah. 10 trillion or something yeah, like that. Yeah, is what exactly. I heard. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. insane. So yeah. the amount of technology that goes into this, like, I mean, Shoes of Prey has been a, a fast and quick and early leader 
of mass customized product. And you guys don't come from the retailer fashion background. You're you're really coming out of a, a curiosity of why doesn't this exist and why and maybe I should solve it. Yeah, right. And then then that was I don't know if that was a good route to journey down. <laughs> uh, I guess I that- mean, you guys are successful, but I'm not well, sure if that's the rabbit hole that you're ultimately <laughs> reflecting. But like, damn, yeah, you know, I really wanted to attack that. that. No, that is a that is a very good question. I think still still remains to be seen. Um, sure. I mean, I think I think I think we if we know what if we knew what we know now about the business and making shoes, um, there's no way we would have <laughs> actually started the business in the first place. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of naivety and yeah, maybe a, like a touch of arrogance and like why why the hell doesn't this exist? Uh, Enabled us to go and, yeah, right, right. <laughs> if, and if we knew how damn hard it was, yeah. which we now know, like we wouldn't have started down the path. So, in that sense, um, it was helpful. That naivety was helpful. Uh, on the flip side, it is damn hard. So we've discovered, particularly the manufacturing and supply chain and logistics side of doing custom product. Um, and so, yeah, it's been much harder uh, than we expected. The, that's a double-edged sword, though. The good piece of that is that uh, there's not a lot of competition because it is so hard. So. Yeah. Yeah, kind of come down to our own execution. Now, you all started in early days before the the word fashion tech was really coined, or right around that time yeah. where that was that conversation was bubbling up, at least in New York, yeah, uh, and environments there. And um, you know, to see it kind of shift to now almost expectation of uh, you know giving a customized experience or a customized product or whatever have you. I mean, you really kind of have been there from the beginning of that trend and going through. So where can you give kind of a lens into where you are as a company in terms of size, scale, scope? Yeah, so we're, um, yeah, so you're right. We started the company nearly 10 years ago now. So which is ancient. That's like back in the early days of (laughs) e-commerce. Right, right. I remember when we were first building our first version of our shoe designer, we we actually did it in Flash. So Mm -hmm. um, the web, web technology has changed a lot since then. Um, and, and I think the iPhone had like just come out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, a, been a long time. In terms of um, sort of size of where we're at, so uh, we're a team of, uh, of about 200 people globally. So we have, uh, we have our team in, uh, sort of headquarters is in LA, um, and then we do all of our manufacturing um, operations out of uh, Dongguan in China. Um, and we, we actually did, initially when we started the business, we outsourced the manufacturing of the shoes, but we pretty quickly realized that um, our suppliers weren't mm-hmm. that great at making shoes one at a time. They were kind of small little factories. They weren't in a, in a position to be able to scale the manufacturing. And whenever we spoke to any larger factories and pitched them the idea, they were like, yeah, that's great. Uh, our minimum order quantity is a 1,000 pairs per style. And we were like, oh, hang on. Per size. Is, is, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, no. per, per style, at least, at least per style. Yeah, we have but, 10 but, trillion but, styles. So. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. So we thought, oh, something must be lost in translation here. So we're like, oh, no, no, but we do customization, so we need one at a time. And they said, no, no, we understand, but our minimum one thousand of each of those yeah. one, yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. So, so we came to the realization that like, we either had to quit and go back to our jobs at Google or um, learn how to make shoes ourselves. And uh, again, I think that naivety kind of kicked in and we thought, oh, it's making shoes, that's not rocket science, that can't be that hard. Um, turns out it is a very hard product to make, but yeah, we own it, we, we've, we've stuck with it over the last sort of six or seven years now of producing our own shoes. And um, yeah, we, we've kind of gotten very good at making shoes one at a time. And you're currently at a stage where the, the business is transitioning dramatically. So uh, last December, you, uh, as mentioned, uh, you started owning your own warehouses and manufacturing facilities. Um, moving forward, it seems as though you're uh, going in the direction of collaborating now with 
with brands on helping consult and power their customized product selections. Yeah. Um, how is that going? Yeah. Like what's going on there now? So we've been doing the manufacturing ourselves now for six or seven years, um, but it was kind of kind of mid to late last year that we sort of got to the point where you know, we're, we're really happy now with our with our manufacturing. Like the product quality is great. The um, our cost of manufacturing is really good and our shipping times, you know, we, we kind of average 11 or 12 days from when the customer places the order to when she receives the shoes. So, our, you know, it took us six or seven years to get our manufacturing operations humming really smoothly. Um, and then when we got to that point, we sort of started to think, started to realize that, like, actually our core capability in our business is this manufacturing capability. Um, and, you know, we leverage that. The bulk of our business is the customization offering for consumers on shoesofprey.com. Um, but we started to ask ourselves the question, well, how else can we leverage this really interesting capability that we've built? Um, and yeah, we realized that a lot of other brands want to get into customization and personalization, um, so we can help power that. Um, and then also a lot of fashion brands want to be able to do short-run manufacturing. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned before, like a problem all brands face when they want to produce shoes is these sort of thousand plus pair minimum order quantities. Um, and that's, you know, that creates all sorts of inventory challenges when you're trying to start, particularly start a fashion business or you want to go and test and launch new styles. It's kind of like minimum order quantities of a thousand pairs and lead times of like five months. Um, whereas our factory is set up to do minimum order quantities of one pair and lead times of um, 11 or 12 days. So it's Unreal. Yeah, so we started to talk to these other brands and even brands that don't want to do customization, they, they still want to be able to test and iterate new styles out in the market quickly. Um, and so we've started to partner with other brands to do uh, to do that sort of manufacturing, sort of short, short, sharp, fast turnaround manufacturing for them. Um, and so we launched that in December, um, and I think Jody would have talked about that on the uh, on the podcast in March. Uh, that would have been sort of yeah, kind of early early days for it. But yeah, um, yeah it's gone really well, and and now um, it's roughly a quarter of our business today is the that kind of whole, wholesale private label manufacturing for other brands. Um, Are so you able to share some off. of the brands that you're working with right now? Um, so we, yeah, that's, uh, which ones can I share? Um, We've stumped him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to think which ones uh, would allow me to share. So actually, well, actually the Iconic. So we're doing, we're, they're leveraging the Shoes of Prey label. Uh, the Iconic's the largest fashion retailer, fashion e-commerce retailer in Australia for, for those who don't, uh, don't live in Australia. Um, and we're doing short-run manufacturing for them. Uh, they're using the Shoes of Prey label. Um, so it's kind of a it's a kind of wholesale relationship, but their merchandisers are doing a lot of the design work themselves, leveraging mm -hmm. our customization platform. So their merchandisers will spot gaps in their range um, that the other brands haven't filled. Like maybe yeah. maybe in uh, winter at the moment, maybe white boots are really popular, and they didn't buy, realize they didn't buy enough white boots. So rather than taking five months for to get their other brands to produce white boots. They'll jump on shoesofprey.com, design up a, um, a range of white boots, and we'll manufacture and deliver those in, in two weeks. Wow. Um, actually, another one, another one I can share is uh, uh, Anthropology Group in the US have a, have a wedding uh, e-commerce retailer called Beholden, B-H-L-D-N. Um, so they're doing this, their merchandisers are doing the same thing. So they'll spot gaps in their range of wedding shoes. They'll jump on the shoesofprey.com platform, design wedding shoes to fill in those gaps, uh, and then just order... They'll literally order test runs of like 15 pairs, uh, get them up on the site, and then the ones that work, they'll just keep replenishing with orders of roughly 100 pairs every every week or two. Um, so it's allowing them to test and iterate and not have all of the inventory risk that they would normally have um, in ordering shoes. Being at the forefront of this personalization and customization, 
how do you stay on top of what to do next to, to surprise and delight the customer? Yeah, that's a really good question. For, and actually for us, um, for us, that hasn't been as much the challenge as um, how to turn mass customization into, it, well, to turn it into like a mass market product. Um, probably our, our bigger challenge has been that uh, we've got this core group of really passionate customers that love customization and love personalization. And you know, we have really high NPS scores. Word of mouth is our, by far our biggest customer acquisition channel. Um, so we've got this like group of like rabidly passionate customers. Um, but our, our bigger challenge is how do we translate that into, uh, into the mass market? Um, because the challenge with uh, the mass market is one of the problems with customization is offer, that we offer so much choice that that can be paralyzing for a lot of customers. Too much choice, yeah. can't make a decision. Yeah, so it's, it's, almost like, it's almost like the opposite problem to what most businesses have where we have kind of too much innovation and too much newness um, that it's a bit too much for the, for the mass market. So we've almost been like do, doing the opposite thing, which is trying to tone down some of uh, the innovation and what makes us unique so that it can be simpler for the mass market to customize. Um, how, do you, how do you leverage that loyalty from those diehard fans? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a lot of things like like just just going out of our way to make the experience awesome for them. So yeah, like really beautiful packaging, um, emails and messaging to them about their shoes as they're being produced. Um, you know, really, really good sort of customer support. Um, uh, yeah, and just doing everything we can to make the experience amazing, so that when they get this pair of shoes that they've designed themselves, um, that they you know they already feel such a great attachment to it make sure that the experience is so awesome and then they're kind of sharing it with all their friends and, you know, it's, it's a fairly uh, easy thing for them to talk about. They're wearing their shoes. If someone comments on their shoes, it's like, oh, well, I, where did you get them from? Oh, shoes I designed them myself. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's a really kind of talkable thing. So we just do everything we can to amplify that. There's definitely some status there too, isn't it? The yeah, I des- yeah. if, if someone comments on it, I designed them myself. So all of a right. sudden I'm elevated to, yeah. how designer. cool am I? I'm a designer. You're a designer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, it's a really unique kind of storytelling experience then that they can have. Um, the challenge is that in, in fashion, um, you know, the direction that most of the fashion industry has gone and has trained customers is around like creating these like hit products that people want. And so the, the challenge is a lot, of the ma- a lot of the mass market just kind of want to be told what to wear. Um, and so we're trying to find this still kind of experimenting, trying to find this hybrid where um, uh, and, and some things that have been working quite well for us are like having Instagram influencers design their own pair of shoes and then, and then they obviously post those on, on Instagram and then their followers can either buy that exact shoe or they can take that shoe and then maybe tweak it. So maybe they love that shoe but they want it with a slightly lower heel or they just want to change the colour. Um, so we're sort of trying to get around uh, some of those challenges that way. So innovation is your thing. Yeah, you, yeah. You literally have to keep innovating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in some way, in some ways, we like for the mass market, we've almost got too much innovation. It's almost a little bit too much and uh, a little bit too new uh, for for the mass market. So, yeah, we're kind of trying to simplify it for them a little bit. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, more with Michael Fox of Shoes of Prey. Hey, hope you're enjoying these recordings from Online Retailer. I surely enjoyed being out there in Sydney and connecting with the retail environments out there. So it's exciting to bring you these insights. I wanted to take a moment to thank our partner uh, for bringing us out to Online Retailer, which is, of course, Nora and Fluent Commerce. A little bit about Fluent Commerce. They are the leader in smart cloud-native omni-channel order management. 
What does that mean? Uh, they help businesses be faster and more convenient to shop with by giving them a single view of their inventory across all channels and the ability to automatically route orders to distribution centers or store locations depending on stock location, customer proximity, and shipping rates. So really cool stuff. They actually have some unbelievable clients such as uh, Samsung, French Connection, JD Sports, Top Shop, and a ton of other brands that you probably have heard of. Um, learn more about Fluent Commerce um, and what they can do for your company over at fluentcommerce.com. That's F-L-U-E-N-T commerce.com. You know where you should be? You should be at Founder Maid's Consumer Discovery Show in Santa Monica, California on October 4th. Buyers, press, and industry professionals from around the country attend to connect and make deals with the 100 leading consumer brands in beauty, wellness, and food. Whether consumer products are your career, your passion, or something you want to learn more about, join in on October 4th to meet the most exciting consumer brands on the market. And get this, you can use code CDS Mouth Media for 25% off your ticket at consumerdiscoveryshow.com. Again, that's CDS Mouth Media at consumerdiscoveryshow.com. So I have a question for you, Michael, which is looking at all of the advances you've had, you you are key innovators in with Shoes of Prey in Let's the industry. Let's list them. Let's list them. What do they got? Well, the customization so far before anybody even wanted yeah. it, the the quickness to delivery. Like a lot of people can't even get something from a from a already made from a retail store to a customer that quickly to using influencers to the social media to going into the Nordstrom design your own shoes mm-hmm. kiosks to sneakers to these Cinderella sizes to these collaborations to the white label wholesaling do you think potentially that you may have lost focus from that core product that you had if you had a little bit of shiny object syndrome <laughs> it's a really really good question Selena so um, and yeah actually this this uh, I don't know if the answer to this might be helpful for some of your listeners as they think through it I'll share kind of our thought process through this so it's like an interesting business strategy. Uh, problem that we've been working through over the last 12 months. So, Love to hear it. Yeah, so we, we kind of, probably 12, 12, 18 months ago, we asked ourselves the question, like, what is actually the core competency that we've built in the Shoes of Prey business? Um, and when we started the business, we would have said that that's customization. Like, our core competency is, you know, the user experience of designing the product um, and then having the supply chain that can fulfill that custom product. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a couple of years into the life of the business, we realized we had to do our own manufacturing and we developed this manufacturing capability. And then 18 months ago, we were asking ourselves these questions and we came to realize that actually our core competency isn't customization anymore. It's this on-demand manufacturing capability. So that's actually the thing that we are the best in the, in the world at and that's the thing that's the hardest to replicate. It's actually gotten, 10 years ago, it was really hard to build a u- customization user experience tool online. Today, it's pretty easy. You can get like an agency to do it for you and they'll do a great job pretty cheap. 10 years ago, we didn't have data on our phones. No, right, right, exactly, yeah, yeah. So, but today, it's still really hard to get shoes made one at a time. There's women's fashion shoes, there's no one that does it except for us. So we came to realize that's actually our core competency, not the customization piece. So then we asked ourselves the question, well, 
if that's a, if the manufacturing on demand is our core competency, um, how can we best leverage that to you know, deliver value to customers? Um, you know, thinking more broadly about who those customers are. Um, and so we came to realize, well, customization is one path to doing that. Um, but there's some other really good customization has a lot of challenges, and there's really not there's really not been many, if any brands or in, in any product category that have built a mass market customization business. No. Like it's still a, it's still I still believe that it's a trend mm-hmm. that it's it's a trend that's moving in the right direction, but it's been much that trend has been growth has been much slower than what I would have expected when we started the business ten years ago. So so we're like, okay, we've got this we've got this good core customization channel for selling our made on demand shoes, but are there are there other ways that we can leverage what our core competency is to produce value for customers. And so we came to realize, and you touched on it in your question, um, that there's these, uh, we call them Cinderella segment of customers who, so so actually 81% of the female population um, don't sit in the standard shoe size range of five to 10 standard width. Mm -hmm. Most women, two thirds of women are a non-standard width. They should be wearing a narrow, wide or extra wide shoe. But because of all the inventory challenges and the high minimum order quantities, um, brands can't afford to stock like a hundred different shoes. We just jam skews. our feet into shoes that don't fit. Exactly, and that's why heels are so uncomfortable because yes. most people are wearing the wrong size. And unlike sneakers, you know you can't adjust for that with the yes. with the laces. So we so we realised well, other brands can't offer this full size range, but because we manufacture on demand and don't have to hold inventory. Um, we can so so there's a there's potential potentially higher value for these customers who uh, who wear non-standard shoe sizes, which should actually be most women should be wearing non-standard shoe sizes. We will pay money for shoes that fit and are comfortable. Yeah. So so uh, in January December January we started to um, adjust some of we still offer all the customization on the website, but we adjusted some of our brand messaging to focus more on these Cinderella customers, um, and and we've you know we found that. That, that Cinderella customers are now more than half of our shoesofprey.com um, buyers, uh, and they repeat purchase more. Because if you're a if you're a size four, if you're a size four, it's just very hard to find shoes that fit you. If you're a size eight extra wide, it's very hard to find shoes that fit you. So, uh, so once these women find shoes of prey and they, for the first time in their life, get a pair of comfortable shoes, um, you know they come back and repeat purchase. So, wow. so this is a segment we can create. We create really good value for, and so these customers are you know, willing to pay for that value. So, so, so we've we've adjusted some of our direct-to-consumer business to focus on that customer, um, and then as as I touched on before, and um, uh, and as you guys were asking about, uh, we've started to do the private label and wholesale manufacturing for other brands. So, our manufacturing on-demand capability allows us to produce pairs of shoes one at a time with a really fast uh, turnaround, uh, and there's lots of fashion labels out there who don't care about customization but do care about small manufacturing runs and fast turnaround times. So there is a so your question is a really good one like have we succumbed to kind of shiny object syndrome and doing too many things? I think from a and we asked ourselves the same question but I think from a like business zooming out kind of business strategy point of view our core competency is this manufacturing on demand capability yeah. um, and then all we've done is looked for new it's channels. become a pivot yeah, it's basically it's, become it's a, 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 it's a sort of mini. You, yeah, you, you created the use case. Yeah, um, you have the example internally, and now you're scaling it out with yeah. with leveraged partners. Yeah, and it's we brilliant. almost and we almost think about our business now as kind of almost kind of think about it as two separate businesses. We've got the manufacturing capability, um, and then that manufacturing capability has got kind of three distribution paths. One is customization, and that's and sort of what we almost think about that now as a separate part of our business. Um, another one is this sizing Cinderella customer, 
and then a third one is uh, the private label wholesale business. If uh, manufacturing is now the core um, value prop here, yeah. are we looking towards uh, moving out of the product category of shoes into knitted wear, which you know things that are easily customized, like now with you know Shimaseki machines or whatever it might be? Yeah, it's a good that's a good question. Uh, we've expand we at the moment we're kind of expanding within shoes, so. Um, we added sneakers, uh, we've added a lot more boots, um, so we've kind of been expanding out uh, in different shoe categories, and then as we're starting to do private label uh, manufacturing and wholesale for other brands, um, we've started to continue to expand, like we're doing launching with a, um, a horse riding uh, boot company soon. Yeah, so surely even like the pattern differences boot. make a huge yeah. dramatic shift in how you even invest in uh, machinery, man- yeah, machinery yeah. inventory materials, and yeah, exactly, yep, yep. Wow. So it's been more of an expansion within the shoe category, and I think there's still a lot more we can do there. Um, we've also been thinking about uh, how we've structured our production line to be able to replicate it in other countries to get closer to the customer. Um, so, for example, for the, U- for the U.S. market, China's not necessarily the best place to manufacture because there's, uh, there's kind of 9% import duty. Um, it's a fairly long and it's expensive get shipping time. Soon. It may well get higher <laughs> soon. So we've been looking at, um, at, at uh, countries like the Dominican Republic where... Um, it's with a free trade agreement with the U.S., so there's no duties and it's much closer, so cheaper shipping costs and, um, and faster shipping times. And then potentially in the future, um, you know, actually manufacturing in the U.S. Um, might make sense in the U.S. market. You know, the, the manufacturing wage difference between China and the U.S. is narrowing as yeah. wages go up in China. Uh, it's about a four-to-one difference at the moment, but uh, fast forward five or ten years, it'll probably be starting to, that gap will narrow further and then, yeah, the advantages of actually manufacturing in country will be be higher. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think over time we're going to see a shift of manufacturing back out of uh, Asia into into local countries. Now, going into this project nine and a half years ago, now it's of course a business and a quite thriving business. But going into this project, this thought, um, did you have expertise? Did you have amongst the team domain expertise to accomplish this on the tech side, on the manufacturing side, on the the e-commerce side, on the social media side? Was there any relation? <laughs> He's laughing at was you there, right now. Was there any expertise at all? Yeah, I thought you were going to ask there. there like, this is <laughs> this the beginning this is of the tremendous. internet, remember? Yeah, this is, <laughs> you're, it seems like this is completely self-taught. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like to... If, if your question had have been, was there any expertise at all, I would have said no. Like, <laughs> in zero. hindsight, like, oh, my gosh, we, we really didn't know. Yeah, we really so had to learn nuts. so much along the way. And that's kind of what made it, it's made it like a fun and interesting journey. It's also posed a lot of challenges. And if we started the business again today, we'd get to where we are now much faster than 10 years. Like, we made a huge, we've made a huge number of mistakes along the way, and we're still learning heaps. Um, and it is, it is actually You're still quite in a, the game. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Like that's, and it is still, a, it's a quite a complex business that we've built because it's got this manufacturing capability, which is different. And then we've got, the, for, for the customization part of the business, we've got this whole customer experience, which is very different. Um, so it's quite a complex business to run. Yeah, we've had to learn a lot. So mm. where to from here? Yeah, I mean, the, so the, yeah, we've hit all of our revenue goals over the last six months with this shift to sort of focusing on that Cinderella customer and the private label wholesale manufacturing. Um, we've got some good, new, good and very big partners um, that we're, we're starting to do development work on the private label wholesale side. So I think that particularly that part of the business is going to grow out uh, pretty quickly. Um, I think for that Cinderella customer, it's 81% of the female population and are a non-standard wow. shoe size. Um, only, probably only about 20% of the population know it. So there's this big 
it's going to take time. There's this big kind of education opportunity Still with all a big these opportunity. other customers. How do you go as it means? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so I think that'll grow. That'll grow sort of more gradually over time as as customers sort of learn this. But I think like I think foot scanning technologies are starting to get. Better. We're still not quite at the point where you can scan your yeah. foot accurately enough with a phone camera, um, but it's pretty close. And I think once yeah. that technology gets to the right place, um, I think there'll be a bit of an explosion in this, um, in actually getting shoes that properly fit you. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Michael, this like it's tremendous. The journey has been unbelievable. And to be able to watch it from the very, very beginning, when I saw it as an idea to develop into this, is it's unreal. Um, where are you now in terms of the, the funding aspect? So you're obviously pumping a lot of money or a lot of resources into new business opportunities. Um, where are you in terms of cash flow and, and balances there as well as revenue projections? Yeah, so we're yeah we're back in the in the middle of a fundraising process at the moment. So we closed. A, that must be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's our kind of fifth fifth external funding round that we're working on is that at the moment. primarily your full-time job um no i kind of when we're fundraising i sort of manage to manage it takes about 30 or 40 percent of my time and so i can still spend a decent amount of time on on the actual business yeah um but yeah we closed a round of funding smaller round of funding from our existing investor base early this year um and now we're working on kind of a, a larger one from external investors um yeah, yeah, I mean, what I'd, series are you on to now? Well, this will be a, this will be kind of a series C. We C, did a yeah. we did a B round two and a half years ago with mm -hmm. um, with Nordstrom and Greycroft and Blue Sky yeah. here in Australia and a few others. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I would. That's another another challenge with our business is it's very capital intensive with the factory operations. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I kind of I would love a business. I would I would love to get the business to a place where. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's cash flow positive, and we don't have to don't have to keep raising funding. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think for for a lot of people out there working on retail businesses, um, that's our kind of primary goal, um, and and will be over the next few years is to get to being cash flow positive, so we can kind of set our own path. What, what's um, your what's your goal date for that? Wow, oh, that's a good question. Uh, it's on our financial projections. It's eighteen months away. So yeah, Excellent. yeah, good that's work. what we're that's what we're aiming for. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a yeah. It's, it's a, because we've got that complexity of owning and operating our own factory, plus uh, owning our primary distribution channel to shoesofprey.com, doing the customization. Um, it's a fairly capital-intensive business, unfortunately. So innovation yeah, in it itself goes. is expensive. Right, right. Exactly. Someone has to be funding it. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. And ho hopefully, we'll be able to do it ourselves soon. Great. Well, Michael Fox, such a pleasure having you on uh, on this show. Uh, what types of folks are you looking to connect with these days? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of happy to chat to sort of anyone who's particularly looking at sort of customization as a business or manufacturing on demand. Um, I mean, for, for us... Is there a barrier entry to work with you right now? Um, no. What well, size companies yeah, are you Yeah, well, actually, so, so in terms of potential customers on the B2B front, um, we're particularly interested in talking to like fashion labels that want to get into shoes, um, where the kind of thousand pair yeah. minimum order quantities and long lead times are an issue, which is ends up pretty much being any any fashion brand but the the kind of optimal is um, fashion labels who retail shoes at sort of 150 US dollars and up um, that are kind of in in a similar sort of women's fashion shoes or sneakers to to what you see on shoesofprey.com in that kind of space and and, and mm -hmm. similar price points to us and up um, yeah our our yeah fast lead times and and uh, short runs can yeah can be really helpful so yeah mm -hmm. happy to chat to those people and also just happy to chat to anyone generally who's thinking about customization and share, share our experiences.
Absolutely. And what is the best way to follow your journey, the company's journey, and connect with you? Yeah, so pro yeah, probably LinkedIn is a good, easy way to connect with me. So um, yeah, if you look up Michael Fox Shoes of Prey on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll find me. Um, yeah, I think that's the simplest. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Yeah, great. Thanks for having Absolutely. me, guys. Appreciate Thank it. You. Nice Absolutely. chatting to you both. And uh, for my co-host today, Selena Knight. I have had so much fun. I have this great big smile on my face. So thank you so much, Michael, for sharing that journey. And also, Pavan, thanks for having me here to co-host. You got it. And of course, uh, everyone, as a reminder, please do check out her podcast as well uh, called Bringing Business to Retail. Um, I am Pavan. That has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, fantastic. Thank you for staying along again, Michael. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you at home for listening with us or wherever you may be. And we'll see you next time. This has been Fashion Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, fashionisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. This is your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.